What's up? This is Jonathan with LimitlessMindset.com. A couple of thoughts of mine on the documentary film, Utterly Addicted to Alcohol. So this is actually a pretty hard to watch documentary film. It's about this guy named Ryan who, spoiler alert, drinks himself to death. And this is a documentary on addiction by National Geographic. So this is a guy that drinks three pints of vodka a day, every day, for three years. I guess that's how much you gotta drink to drink yourself to death, in case you're wondering. So let me go on a little bit of a tangent. First of all, I actually really like consuming really morbid non-fiction content. So I'm not, so when I say morbid, I'm not talking about like the movie Saw or Human Centipede. What I'm talking about is, is documentaries like this that are about like real pain and suffering in the world. I'm talking about like for example, a book that I'm reading right now. I'm actually, I'm listening to the audiobook version of it. It's called The Origins of War in Child Abuse. And if that sounds morbid, believe me, it's pretty fucking morbid book. And I actually have a really good philosophical reason to fill a proportion of my day consuming this really morbid type content. And here it is. So about a stone's throw away from where I'm sitting right now is the very top modeling agency that has the very most beautiful women in the most cosmopolitan city of South America, in Medellin, Colombia. From where I sit every single day in my office, I have this ridiculous, gorgeous view of the city. Every single morning when I walk to work, I have this lovely little trail that I walk next to by a park. When I go to lunch, there's all these beautiful cafes and these streets that I walk on have all these beautiful women on them. And my coworkers my, and my colleagues are all just these lovely, friendly, nice people. I take vacations from time to time. I go surfing and snorkeling in the islands in Panama. So I live this life where I'm really just surrounded by beauty. And don't take my word for it. Go ahead and check out some of the photos on my Facebook account. So I live this life where I'm just surrounded by beauty and tranquility. And I like to, from time to time, really on a daily basis, knock myself off of the hedonic treadmill that is, that is my existence of this beauty. And I like to take a little digital walk on the darker side of existence. So I'd encourage you to maybe experiment with this same the same kind of thing is spend maybe a little bit of your time consuming some really morbid nonfiction material just so you can put yourself into perspective a little bit more. 
So when I watch a movie like this about a guy who drinks himself to death, part of me says, fuck that guy. Part of me says, it is a good thing that this sick individual removed himself from the gene pool and did not have the opportunity to pass his alcoholic addiction prone genes onto the next generation. Part of me looks at a film like this and says, you know what, a guy like that only hurts the people around him. And he does much more good for the world dying in this documented process than he ever did living. But part of me also believes really, really strongly that whenever a human being dies, a library burns. So when we look at a film like this, it, we, we come away with a lot of really conflicting dichotomies and paradigms about the nature of addiction. One of the things that one of the characters says towards the end of the film that I really liked was that alcoholism is not an individual disease, it's a family disease. And this film does a really good job of demonstrating that, of showing how the people, the few people that do surround the alcoholic in this movie, really they're all kind of enablers in one way or another. And the film catches up with the character towards the very end of his life when, when his demise is really kind of an inevitable thing. And so at that point, the people that surround him, they're not really able to do anything to help him. But I just gotta imagine three, four, five, ten years before the events portrayed in this movie, what those people could have done for this character that would have put him on a completely different path. So I hope that when we watch movies like this, we can all ask ourselves if we have someone like Ryan in our life that we might be enabling in really small ways every single day, every single day or every single week we may be enabling them in very, very small ways. And over time, that enabling is gonna compound and take their life. And I think that's, that's a question that's, that's worth wrestling with. So finally, I think that the biggest difference between somebody like Ryan in this movie and someone like myself, we're, we're actually, me and him are, are about the same age. I believe. I think the biggest difference is what I'm going to call cognitive cross-training. So real quick information about myself. I'm 28. I run my own business. I travel the world. I have been completely sober for five months while socializing and being surrounded by people that are drinking and partying and going hard about four to six nights a week. So I don't want to be cocky, but I'm a pretty excellent example of substance self-control. 
And so I think really the biggest difference between someone like myself and someone like the character in the movie that drinks himself to death is that I am devoting my cognitive energy to a really disparate amount of things every single day that are demanding that I evolve and that I'm, I'm constantly challenged. So like right now, I am really close to being completely fluent in my second language. I'm training myself in, in multiple forms of dance. I am studying open source software development. I'm studying development of applications, but at the same time, I'm studying philosophy. I'm reading things, uh, things like, like Seneca. And at the same time as that, I'm training myself to manage body language really, really specifically. And I'm doing some really deep dives into understanding the way that, 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 that biology works. And so I've got all these different disparate interests that are going on. So for someone like me, my mind is in such a uh, neuroplasticity ready mode that for me, when I say, hey, I want to stop drinking, I'm going to go completely sober for five months straight, even though there's people surrounding me every single day trying to get me to drink with them. Sometimes in really persuasive ways, I have the self-control to say no to that kind of thing because I've got so many other challenges that I'm giving my mind every single day, like dual end back training. I have a training application that I use for 10 to 15 minutes every single day. I haven't missed a day in over 70 days of this particular training. And what it does is it trains me to become extremely focused with my attention. And so when I see a film like this, again, the film was made at a time when the fate of the main character was inevitable. But I just gotta wonder if a guy like Ryan, four years, five years, 10 years before his problem got as bad, if he had someone come into his life that demanded that he start cross-training himself cognitively and developing a really robust nature of skill sets, I gotta think that that this documentary film wouldn't have even been made because he would have been a non-alcoholic, productive member of society. If you found this analysis of this documentary film interesting and you'd like to hear me talk about other documentary films, go ahead and click the little button with my face in it there to subscribe.